have a seat. Good evening. I'm Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery from sex addiction, compulsive overeating. Hey, hey, how are you guys doing, man? That worship is on fire, man. Chain breakers, all that kind of stuff. We're singing in Spanish. I didn't understand a word we were saying, but man, it was awesome. Yes, thank you. Oh, goodness. Hey, I got one quick announcement. I know, I'm freaking everybody out. Every addict likes it the same way every single time. All the codependents want to run up here and tell me we're doing it different. I know, it's okay. Here's the thing is we're going to do my message first. But the first announcement I have is last week, there was somebody that was here that has been exposed to COVID. They didn't give me a name, so I don't know who it is. So if you have a symptom then um, go home. Um, we love you, but keep us safe. Um, I don't know what else to do about that, but that's what we got. That's the information I have. Um, be praying for that person. I don't even know if they have COVID, but they were exposed to COVID. So I don't know what that means. So, but anyhow, um, I want to get into tonight's lesson. And here's the thing. I'm on three hours sleep. Awesome. Yes. So uh, don't worry, I had my bang earlier today. I'm firing all cylinders. We're good to go. Um, I know it's unhealthy for me. Everybody said, that's so unhealthy. It's okay. It's okay. But last night, I get a call, probably around 8.30. And this, actually, I got a text message. And this text message sent me on fire. You ever get those text messages, those phone calls, that all of a sudden, instant anger, boom, and you're just like, oh, who can I punch? I know, that's what I think. I never actually do it. Don't worry. Uh, not since eighth grade. But anyhow, um, I get this thing, and this person is like, hey, you, do, 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 you, 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 all these you words, trigger words, right? All of a sudden, I'm ready to go. And uh, yet, in his accusations, there's part of it that's truth. Oh, oh. half, three-fourths were lies, but there was a part that was truth. And uh, basically what came down to is I made a comment in the weight room yesterday with the football team that offended somebody. It was not a good comment. I know. I, what I said was wrong. But all the other things, I was wanting to justify my behavior. Like, yeah, but you would have made the same comment if this, this, and this happened. Like, I'm trying to justify it. And so I stayed up until like 2.30 thinking about this, right? And what do I tell you guys when you come in? Journal it, write it down. Did you fourth step it? Yes. I'm trying to fourth step this stuff and it's rough. It was super, super tough to do. And then I had to come to a place where I had to admit. I had to admit my wrongs because when it came down to this step, I wanted to point out every single thing this kid did and I wanted to point out every single thing that this dad did that was offensive to me, right? And uh, I had to stop. The admit process is about me. It's about admitting my wrongs. Oh. So I had to call the kid last night. I had to call the dad last night. I made amends, but I still wrestled with it. It was like after I made my amends, all of a sudden I got even more heated. So I had to talk to him again today. Um, but then I had to go in today to um, tell the football team, make amends to the football team for my comment. Um, but we're getting to that amends later. We're getting to amends later. We're talking about admit tonight. Step five says this. It says, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact natures of our wrongs. 
The verse that we use uh, to support this as a biblical principle is this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. James 5.16. Probably one of my favorite passages of scripture, one that I did not understand in scripture until I got into the recovery program. I just thought if you had an ailment, you had a cold, you had COVID, you could come down here, we'd lay hands on you, we'd pray for you and it'd all be good. I think this extends to more than just that. It extends to our emotional health, our spiritual health, and physical health as well And that. But today, we're gonna talk about why. Why do we need to make amends? Why admit my wrongs? What's the purpose of that? They already know. My wife already knows how I've hurt her. God already knows. I mean, he's everywhere. He's all knowing. Hello. Doesn't he know these things? I already know. Why do I need to tell somebody? Because that's part of the process and that's why we get healing. But I'm going to go through some of these things. The first part is this. Why admit my wrongs? Well, we lose our sense of isolation. When I hold everything inside and I have all my laundry list of crud I've ever done, here's what happens in life is I feel different and apart from everybody else. When I have a secret, I feel distant from others, especially when it's a dirty little secret. When it's one of those secrets we don't want to tell anybody, which is half of our fourth step, right? We don't want to let other people see who we really are. And so therefore, we feel worthless, we feel unloved, we feel distant from everybody around us. Step one, when we step out of denial, we talk about isolation from others and alienation from God, right? This helps us start to deal with that. The second one is this, is we will begin to lose our unwillingness to forgive. See, when I have my thousand memories and I look at that list of all the things I've done wrong, that's a long list. And I can't forgive somebody for doing one little thing. I start to measure it up against all the crud I've done. And if God's forgiven me, then I should be able to forgive other people. Don't worry, we're getting to that to steps eight and nine. Don't worry, that'll come later when we actually put that stuff into practice. But we begin to lose our unwillingness to forgive. The third one is this, is we will lose our inflated false pride. One of my biggest pet peeves is legalism. Scripture will talk about, hey, you hypocrites, right? The guys, and here's how I lived. I would stand up, I would preach, hey, pornography's wrong, don't do it. All the time I'm looking at pornography in my office, right? Hypocrite. Hypocrite. That was false pride. That was how Satan grabbed a hold of my life. But when I start to confess these things, when I get rid of these things, that false pride falls away. That false pride leaves us. Number four is this, we lose our sense of denial. Once we've shared everything, we don't have to live in denial anymore. We don't have to pretend like everything's great with us, that everything's perfect, that everything is hunky-dory. What we have to do is we have to just accept who we are. And that denial starts to fall away. We can live an honest life. Well, admit, which is what we're going through today. I know this is the only lesson without an acronym. You're all freaking out. I know, we're changing everything up tonight. 
Admit is a verb, believe it or not. And admit means we actually have to do something. You actually have to do something for this step. That's tough. That's tough to do. It's tough to get our butt in gear and start moving. Admit means follow somebody or um, allow somebody to enter. To allow somebody or something entrance or access to something. Think about it. You're the bouncer of your life. You have the right to allow things to come in or kick them out. And so many of us have been a bad bouncer. We, have, we would get fired. Um, but this is, this is part of the process that we're talking about when we read that passage of scripture in James where we do the each others. This is what we're doing is that we pray for each other so that we may be healed. We uh, confess to each other so that we may be healed. All these things, this is the each others of it. But we have admitted a lot of things into our life and not all of them are healthy. We've admitted alcohol into our body. We've allowed that vodka. We've allowed the gin and tonics, which I know, I know, triggers, right? Some of you are triggered, I apologize. We're allowing those drugs, the narcotics that we're putting in there. We've put those in our bodies. We've allowed pornography, we've allowed music. We've allowed things to enter our life that are unhealthy. We've allowed certain food. I've allowed this morning, I drank that bang. I've allowed those bad chemicals that are in there into my body. We've allowed those things. We've allowed entertainment. Here's where we need to allow healthy things because community is essential to get healing. And some of us have bad pickers. Some of us have relational bad pickers. We're sitting here in the audience and you're going, why am I on my fourth marriage? You have a bad picker maybe, <laughs> right? You may have a bad picker. Some of us have a bad picker when it comes to friends. We can't seem to get healthy friends and we got friends that always get us in trouble. Always that kid that obviously I'm loud you guys all know that about me. And I would always have those friends that were really, really quiet. And so in class, we would be talking and they would never get in trouble. And it was always like, Scott, quiet. <laughs> Sorry. My whisper was like a yell. It was crazy. And that's how life was for me. I had bad pickers when it came to that stuff. Now, my addiction was more isolation and pulled away from everybody. But some of you in this room maybe have had a bad picker. And this is where we start to get good pickers in our life. This is where we start to find healthy sponsors. We got to bring sponsors into our life. Somebody that can guide us and walk us through these steps. That's the point. We got to sit in a room and not pick the first person that speaks. Not pick the first person that we talk to on a Tuesday night. But listen to somebody. Listen to their shares. When they share, are they sharing experience, strength, and hope? Or are they vomiting every single week? Whew. Do they have recovery? Do they have more recovery than you? Well, yeah, I've got two days and they've got 30 days. That's awesome, right? Probably should look for somebody that's got a little bit more time under their belt. 
Looking for that person that's got a year. Have they been through a step study? Have they worked the steps? Starting to pick somebody according to that. How about accountability partners? I mean, I grew up in the church and I knew what accountability partners were, but here's the thing. Every accountability partner I had, I lied to. Because I picked that accountability partner simply for face. I picked that accountability partner simply because it looked good or it got me something out of the deal. And I was never honest. So I have to find accountability partners and I finally found three guys after a lot of years that I can sit down and I can tell them everything. I got three guys in my life that doesn't matter what I've done or what I'm doing, that they will accept me for who I am. They don't allow me to continue in it They call me on my stuff, but they don't jack me up over it. I don't feel judged by them. And for me, that's a huge thing. Another thing that we have, not only sponsor an accountability group, but also we need to have open share in our life. That we go from in here to our open share group. We need those men, those women that are sitting around in that room that have dealt with the same issues we are And we need to hear that experience, strength, and hope. Well, Scott, I've I've been coming for five years. Awesome. We need you in that group. Why? Because we need your experience, strength, and hope. Because that first-timer that walks in and sits down, guess what? They need to hear your story. They need to hear what you've done, how you've applied it to your life. And me, as somebody that's been in the recovery program here at Big Valley for a few years... I need that first timer to sit in group because I need to remember what it was like to walk into these rooms for the first time. To help me stay sober because believe me, my mind plays tricks and goes, well, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, you've all laughed because you guys have had that same thought, right? We need that open share group, that focus question that's gonna drive us to work our program. The fourth one is this, that we need a step study in our life. We need to actually go sit down with a group of people and go through the 12 steps. Systematically, go through step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And we need to sit down with those guys and do that journey together. And if you're a guy in this room, I encourage you, Thursdays, Second week in August, in that room, the altar, at noon, be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be leading that step study, and I'd love for you to join me. Love for you to come and go on this journey with me in this process. But step studies are huge. And the last one, the fifth one, is we need large group. We need to walk in here. We need to sing those songs. Man, I walk in this room before service. And it's dead. Everybody's whispering. There's music playing. Everyone's quiet. They're not really talking to anybody. First note. And all of a sudden, it's awesome. Our mosh pit gets involved here. They get up front. They start rocking it, right? Dancing a little bit. Sorry. Choreographed movements. um, Right? They start working through some stuff. And it's awesome. We need to take our focus off of ourselves for a minute and focus it on Christ. And I know if you're a first-timer here tonight, you're going, how can I do that? I get it. You may be at rock bottom. It's difficult. And sometimes you come in here and you just sit. 
We need to come in and we need to listen to the testimonies that happen. Next week, Shaney's gonna be sharing her testimony and you need to hear her story. Why? Because she's gone through something that maybe could help you. You need to hear the teachings through the steps because that's gonna help you get tools to find success. Three reasons or benefits for admitting all your wrongs and your sins to another are this. First one, we gain the healing that the Bible promises us. James 5 says that, right? It says that we're gonna get healing. And some of you are going, I, Scott, you promised me you're gonna get healing. Well, one, I didn't promise you. The word of God says we are. And you will get healing. You're gonna get healing. Some of us in this room have, have been through a lot of crud in our life and through applying the word of God to our life in these steps, there's been a huge amount of healing that's helped us. And it's crazy. You will get healing and you'll gain that healing. But here's this. Admit means acknowledge truth. To acknowledge that something is true. That you admit that his word is truth. Well, what is truth? John chapter eight, verses 32 through 36. Bear with me. Uh, It's a few verses, but here's what it says. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Some of us, we live in the great, great nation of the United States. And we get freedom. And some of that freedom has really jacked us up. And it's given us this thing called entitlement. And we don't think we need a savior. We don't think we need that healing. We don't think we need those things. We don't think that we're slaves to stuff. We don't think we're slaves to that heroin, that alcohol, the porn, the affairs, the massage parlors, the whatever it is that you use to cope. We don't think that. But we are. And if we surrender to Christ, the truth will set us free. And Jesus will set us free. And we will be free indeed. Well, who's the truth? Well, John, I already said it. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus answered and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. It's him. It's not some crystals. It's not some political movement. It's not some car we buy, house we own, career we get. Nothing we can get on our own. The only person is Jesus Christ. You can't be good enough to attain salvation. The only thing we can do is surrender to Jesus, trust in Jesus, and he will get us to that father because he promises that. Admit also means to confess to having committed a crime or having made a mistake. I had to do that. I had to stand in front of some high school juniors and seniors and I had to say, hey, I was wrong. I never should have said this. And I apologize for that. 
I had to admit that. I had to admit to my wife last night what I said. I had to call my accountability partners and admit to them what I had said. And when I talk to my sponsor, I'll, talk, I'll tell him as well. But this is the confess, which we taught two weeks ago. We have to confess these things. Well, we take our list and we read it out loud. We have to admit our wrongs, our mistakes. How do we do that? Well, there's three people we gotta trust in this process. The first person we gotta trust is God. And I know for some of us in this room, trusting God is pretty scary because we feel abandoned by God. We feel hurt by God. We feel a lot of things about God. But God is who we need to trust because he can help us. Not only do we have to trust God, but now we have to trust other people. For me, I had confessed my sin multiple times growing up and found rejection every single time. Confessed at church, confessed at camp, confessed, 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 until I had confessed out and I ain't telling anybody anything ever again because I don't wanna get hurt. I don't wanna be abandoned, I don't wanna be rejected, I don't wanna be fixed, I don't wanna be judged, I don't wanna be looked at weird. And so I actually had to confess to somebody else and I had to trust somebody. And that was huge. I sat in a Starbucks and I whispered my fifth step to somebody and my whisper's loud, but still, they still had the baristas doing that kind of stuff, it was good. I had to trust somebody else. And then last, I have to trust myself. I had to trust myself and admit and look at those things and confess to myself and really see the depth of my sin. Because there's some pretty heinous stuff that I still wanted to live in denial about and believe I never did those things. If you want to know what those are, don't talk to me, I won't tell you. Um, <laughs> uh, but here's the thing, and each one of you know what that may mean for you guys. Not only do we have to, um, not only do we gain healing, uh, which is what the Bible promises, but we gain freedom. We gain freedom from these things. See, Psalm 107, verse 13 says this. Then they cried to the Lord in their troubles, and he rescued them. Chain breaker. We are in bondage to our sin, to our addictions, to the hurts, to the pains. And he comes in and he breaks those chains. We just sang a song about that. This place was absolutely loud with you guys singing. Do we believe what we sing? We find that freedom that Christ, the Lord, will rescue us. He will rescue us. My son, his name is Silas, and one of my favorite stories, and one of the reasons why we call him Silas, is because of the great faith that Silas in the Bible had. He was with Paul, and they were in prison, they were locked up. And what happens? They start singing. The doors open, the chains fall off, and they're free. Now they still stayed there, which is crazy, because I know some of you would have been, oh, you're gone, I'm out. <laughs> I would have tried, but I probably would have been caught hopping a wall or something, I don't know. I've seen those cop episodes. Um, that would have been me. But here's the thing, I remember that. And there's power in names, there's things like that. I remember watching Silas as he would be worshiping and seeing his hands raised and going, dude, that's awesome to sit there and to praise God because he helps us find that freedom is great. 
The last one of the three is this, that we gain support. We gain support from other people, from God and from ourselves. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We get support. We don't have to do this alone. It's the one and others of scripture. It's the things that we draw others to us so that we may find healing. In conclusion, the last thing that admit means is this. Admit means to offer possibilities, to permit the possibility of something that you would permit yourself and allow yourself to be successful. Successful in your recovery, to be healthy. Some of us get freaked out. We get to a place and we go, things can't be going this good. Let me go back to my addiction. Things can't be going this good. Let me throw a hand grenade on my relationships. Allow yourself to be successful. Apply these steps and these biblical principles to your life. Admit is huge. Because your actions admit that you're working on a program. The way you act, the way you behave, your family sees it. Your loved ones see it. Your employer sees it. They notice the difference in your life when you're working a program. But if you're not working a program, your actions admit that you're not working a program. People know when you're speaking out the side of your neck, when you're losing your temper, when your eyes are glazed over, they know. You think you're hiding it, they're not. You're not. So, it works if you work it, so work it, because you're worth it. You're either working on your recovery or you're working on your relapse. So work on your recovery. Work the steps, get in a step study, go to open share, go to those things. Don't just run down to Taco Bell and eat a bean burrito and talk to your friends. Actually go to open share group, start to find some of that healing in your life. And maybe something you share will help somebody else and maybe you'll hear something that will encourage you. Let me pray, and we're gonna have our uh, readers come up and read. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for your truth of your word. And this admit is tough. We're so scared sometimes to sit down and share with somebody. And to trust them with our whole being is rough. To allow somebody to know the most intimate details of our life is scary. So Lord, as we start to walk this road, as people may be at this step in their life, that they will find somebody that they can trust, that can know all their junk, and that they will be safe, that they will have good pickers, and that will allow them to be successful in their recovery. Help them in trusting you and following you, that they will admit healthy things into their life and bounce the unhealthy. Lord, thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to have our readers read. Hi, I'm Deanna, and I'm in recovery for codependency. 
Hi, I'm Sona. I'm a grateful believer, and I come to recovery, uh, come to CR for struggling with codependency and food addiction. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors, that our lives had become unmanageable. Can you go back? Oh, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out, Romans 7, 18. Step two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose, Philippians 2.13. Step three, we made a decision to turn our wills and our lives over to the care of God. Therefore, I urge you as brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, Romans 12.1. Step four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. Lamentations 3.40. Step five, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. James 5.16. Step six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up, James 4.10. Step seven, we humbly asked him to remove all of our shortcomings. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. Step eight, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Do to others as you would have them do to you, Luke 6, 31. Step nine, we made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift, Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Step 10, we continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall, 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Step 11, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, Colossians 3.16. Step 12, having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. All praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the source of every mercy and the God who comforts us. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When others are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. All right, thank you, ladies. Good evening, everybody. My name's Sam. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I am in recovery for addiction. I had a really cool story I was going to lead into, talking about admit, personal story, heartwarming, chariots of fire playing in the background. 
And then Scott came up and gave his teaching early. Anyway, some other time. It's all right. Four step. <laughs> anyway. Hey, no problem. <laughs> all right. If you guys are here, if you're here for the first time, you are the most important person in this room. And we want you guys to know what happens here on a Tuesday night. So if you will follow me that way, not right now, wait till afterwards. But if you follow me that way through those two doors, through the doors on the other side into a room called the altar, uh, myself and Shaney will be in there and we, will, uh, we would love to be able to talk to you and tell you about our own personal experience, strength and hope and uh, what Celebrate Recovery is and what you guys can uh, get out of it and hopefully come back next week which brings me to our second-time guest. Now, if you've made it through that part over there, and now you're like, I'm the second-time guest, but I don't know where to go after this because it's a large, large campus, there will be two people down in front. Randall and Tracy, hey, what's up? They will be down here in front, and they will guide you to whatever group it is that you need to go to. Just say, I'm a guy, and I got this, or I got a girl, and I need to go to that. They will guide you over that way. All right. Up next, we have a step study. Scott was talking about that earlier, men's uh, step study on Thursdays, 12 p.m. in the altar, which is right over there where the first-time guest group will be, but at a different time. So anyway, step study over there with Pastor Scott. <laughs> Uh, it'll change your life. <laughs> it changed mine. And the ACDF Adult Children of Dysfunctional Families. My mom told me I was dyslexic and didn't believe her, but now it's, see, it's true. Anyway, that group will be starting up August 3rd. It will be, I believe that's next week. So if you are an adult child of a dysfunctional family, please, please uh, show up for that group. It will benefit your life. Um, every group that I've ever been to here, and I've been to almost all of them, has benefited my, my life, my family, in some other, uh, some way. So please come on out and join the ACD, ACDF group. I'll get better at it, I promise. <laughs> ACDF. All right, now... Forgive me. Please stand up and, and say the serenity prayer with me. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever than the next. Amen. All right, first-time guest group right across the hall through those doors called the altar into a room called